Music, news, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 1017 FM. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Listening to the loyal opposition with your host Len Asante here on WQKR, Portland, Tennessee. Today in the news, we've got uh, several news items regarding the historic Comer Barn in Gallatin. Uh, we have an uh, interesting appointment to the school. Uh, to the, I'm sorry, to the library board. Uh, we have a, uh, a resolution earning the. Uh, urging the banning of books, and we've got uh, a transgendered health care bill as the first bill out of the next um, incoming legislative session. And, of course, we have our guest tonight, Deanne DeWitt. So it is currently 42 degrees in Portland, uh, partly cloudy, and fair tonight with a low of 23 degrees. So bring those plants in, folks. It's going to be cold. All right, uh, and as usual, our text line is open. If you have a question for me or our guests during the show, uh, please feel free to send us a text message at area code 516-440-6310. That's 516-440-6310. And uh, if we've got time, we'll be glad to take your questions. Okay, also on the loyal opposition news, uh, our website now has been updated to include all of the past shows, thanks to the great staff here at WQKR, including my producer, Charmaine. Charmaine, say hi to the people. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Didn't I, have my mic on. I like that. I like to do that. So I'm sorry, Charmaine, but I do like to play. Uh, so, yes, uh, we've got all the, all the previous shows now on the website for your listening pleasure. And we are also now on Google Podcasts. So if you are a podcast fan out there, uh, check us out on Google Podcasts. You, you can subscribe. And that means as soon as a new episode drops, uh, you will get a notification if you so desire. 
So you can listen anywhere, anywhen, any show. Uh, we'll be moving to other podcasting platforms uh, as well as our technology <laughs> develops and as my technological skill develops, actually. <laughs> we have a lot of plans for the loyal opposition uh, over, over, the next coming, over the coming year. Uh, a lot of things in the works. I I'm really hoping that this is going to become a thing uh, with your help and the help of our supporters and listeners uh, and the folks here at WQKR. Uh, we are growing, and um, well, like I said, over the next year, we're going to be rolling out some new stuff. But until then, uh, let's talk about what's going on the, right now. What's going on? <laughs> what's going on? That's a good song. In fact, I just heard that on the, I think that was yesterday, I think I heard that song. Okay, anyway, in breaking news, uh, the U.S. Senate just voted 62 to 37 to uh, vote, the, to take the first step in a vote to uh, federally protect uh, gay marriages. Uh, Twelve Republicans voted with all the Democrats uh, to pass this procedural hurdle that will allow debate on the bill to continue. Uh, of course, none of our Tennessee senators, uh, neither, uh, neither Marsha Blackburn or Bill Haggerty voted uh, in favor of that motion to proceed. But uh, since the House of Representatives has already passed this bill, it does look like uh, federally recognized and protected gay marriage will soon be the law of the land. So it looks like we're going to have a victory for the good guys for a change. Okay, more locally in Sumner County, we had a school board meeting this week and we had a uh, county commission meeting this week. So you know interesting stuff happened. <laughs> and we'll be talking uh, with our guest about some of that stuff in more detail in a little while. But I just do want to mention a few things. The county commission meeting um, ran four hours and 40 minutes. Get your popcorn. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which is, uh, I, we've pushed midnight a couple times, so I think before in the past, but these longer meetings seem to be coming, becoming a little bit more regular. I, I feel sorry for the county commissioners almost, but uh, some of it's their fault. Um, we had a couple of interesting things happen in the county commission this week. We had uh, the appointment of someone to the library board. If you don't know, the uh, Sumner County Library has library system has a, a, a library board that oversees them, uh, and uh, it's made up of a bunch of volunteer community members. And there was a new appointment made on Monday night uh, to the board. And what's interesting about that, well, there's two interesting things about that. Interesting thing number one is this person had been previously fired from the library system. Um, so she went, uh, got herself fired, but now she's actually on the board that supervises the li library. So that is a, well, that's an interesting way to advance your career, I guess. <laughs> okay. uh, and the second thing that was interesting about this is there were a bunch of uh, appointments to county, various county things on the agenda, and uh, Representative Mansfield made a motion to basically combine them all together and move that they all be approved and blocked and without any uh, discussions. So a bunch of appointments, including the one to the library board, were made without the ability for the commissioners to talk about it. Um, uh, but the motion passed nonetheless. Okay. Um, the, the county commission, in its infinite wisdom, also uh, passed a resolution urging the Sumner County School Board to, you know, basically ban more books. Um, the most recent draft of the resolution was placed on the desks of the commissioners at about five minutes before the meeting was to start, so not everyone had a chance to have even read it, much less even seen it. Uh, and rather than going to the Education Committee for further study, because it had not been re reviewed by the entire commission, uh, it was voted on anyway. And of course, that was a, uh, that vote passed as well. Uh, Commissioner Pomeroy, uh, was notable in his dissent on the bill and uh, definitely fought for, fought for the side of not banning books in libraries. So congratulations to Commissioner Pomeroy. Okay. So a lot of this was done without any discussion in the commission, but on the other hand, they did spend one hour discussing a minor rezoning issue for a guy who wanted to be able to legally keep his duplex on property that was originally zoned not to have a duplex in it but was accidentally built that way anyway. They had to talk about that for an hour. So I guess when you have no discussion about important issues and one hour of discussion about minor issues, that's how meetings get to run for four and a half plus hours. Okay. 
So there's your county commission recap. And of course, folks, you don't have to believe me, okay? The, all the county commission meetings are uh, recorded and streamed live and are stored for future viewing. So you can look anytime you want. And uh, when you think, hey, Len Asante must be lying to us, you can go and look for yourself, I swear. Okay. Uh, so what do we've got? Uh, the, let's see. We've got the school board also met. Uh, school board uh, met last night in also a kind of a get your popcorn kind of meeting, <laughs> and they had they had a good time wrestling with the uh, wrestling with banning uh, banning or not banning a book from the school libraries. If you might recall, last month's meeting involved the commission about involved the school board voting on the same thing, but since a majority of school board members were not present, uh, some were absent, so a majority vote was not achieved, they had to bring it back up again this month. And in almost the same vote, not quite the same vote, uh, almost the same vote, they did vote again to uh, keep the book in the libraries. Um, and this is the book... Um, inside of me. That's right, inside of me. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was uh, approved. Okay, so, uh, and again, there were many comments for and against. There was about at least a dozen speakers on either side of that issue. Uh, many parents urging that the book be allowed to stay in the libraries because our kids need to be exposed to a wide variety of perspectives. In the words of the American Library Association, kids need to see themselves in the books they read. And uh, right now, not a lot of African-American kids see themselves in most of the books in the Sumner County Library. So the argument there is, um, well, you need to be able to see yourself in the books because that's how you're gonna get excited about reading. And reading, I think we can all agree, is a good thing. Um, even I read. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and of course, there were arguments on the other side that saying that the uh, that the book contained uh, dirty material and was not suitable for that particular age group. So the school board voted. Uh, what I see happening is that they'll be continuously bringing up further books. Uh, the county commission even got involved with, like I said, passing a resolution urging the school board to look more closely at books. And of course, there was a state law passed last year. Uh, that requires teachers to catalog their books that they have in their classroom uh, to make sure that uh, nothing that's nasty gets into our kids' lives. Um, you know, I understand the rights, of, the rights and responsibilities of a parent, and as a, if, if I was a parent, I would definitely want control over what my kids see and do not see, hear and do not hear. But on the other hand, I, I do want... I would want my kids to be exposed to the reality that the world is. Uh, and the reality is, is that there is racism and that there is sexism and that there is discrimination. Uh, that, and this was you know, so poignantly made by some of the speakers last night and last month. Uh, and I really do think we can find a compromise resolution here that does not require multiple hour school board meetings every month because certain parents feel that a certain book doesn't belong in the library. It's almost like they're looking for books to ban. Uh, and it's interesting to see that a lot of the books that we see being controversial are controversial not just here, but the same books are being fought in school boards all over America uh, as if it was a concerted effort. And uh, what works in Sumner County might not work in, in other counties and other places. So obviously the answer has to be local, but um, the answer also has to be constitutionally protective of our kids' First Amendment rights. So we shall see how it goes, and our guest is going to have more, is going to, have, is going to get to weigh in on that issue as well in just a little while. Okay, so we have got uh, one last item quickly to mention, and we're going to take our first break. Uh, the first bill to be introduced in the state legislature for the new session starting in January House Bill 0001, filed by Representative William Lamberth, Lamberth, Republican of Portland, Tennessee, provides, prohibits health care providers from performing on a minor or administering to a minor medical procedure if the performance or administration of that procedure is for the purpose of enabling a minor to identify with or live as a purported identity inconsistent with the minor's sex, the minor's sex being identified as the gender they were assigned at birth. In a statement, William Lamberth called the health services currently provided by the Vanderbilt Clinic for 
trans, the, the Vanderbilt Pediatric Transgender Clinic, I'm sorry, he called those services profoundly unethical and morally wrong. Under the bill, a minor or parent of a minor can sue a health care provider for damages. In addition, a child can bring civil service action against the parent if the parent consented to a surgery on their behalf. Uh, and that window for that opportunity lasts 20 years. Uh, some interesting comments on this bill. The Senate Democratic Caucus spokesperson uh, said the Republican obsession with children's genitalia is rather unhealthy. Uh, and uh, the supermajority is going to force us all to suffer more culture war politics that only further marginalize a few already vulnerable kids. The Tennessee Equality Project condemned the bill, uh, echoing concerns about child protection. We are watching gruesome history repeat itself, Jace Wilder said. Jace, by the way, is going to be a guest on our show in January. A group of people who are marginalized being told that they are being saved by a group of people who have spent years calling us anything but their constituents and seeing us as less than human. We are not the monsters under your bed. We are Tennesseans and deserve to have the same rights and access to health care and self-expression as any of our neighbors. Amen. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we get back, we're going to have a conversation with Deanne DeWitt. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. And we'll be right back. It's time again for Panther football. And Graphic Obsessions has all your Panther gear for the season. Right off the rack or get custom printed shirts and hoodies with your favorite player's name and number custom printed and delivered fast. Shop where the Panthers shop. Graphic Obsessions, 105 South Broadway, open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 or visit our Facebook page. Shop small, shop local, shop Portland Panthers at Graphic Obsessions. What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Portland Sun is our local hometown newspaper where we can find out all the news about our friends, neighbors, businesses, schools, churches, and everything going on in our area. Every week, the latest issue of The Sun is full of the news we want and need, and it's only $20 a year for a subscription to get it mailed directly to your home. The Portland Sun, our hometown newspaper. For a subscription, call 615-384-6212 or go to theportlandsun.com online and click on the word subscribe. No one told them. No one warned them about the house on Willow Lane. What is it? It's the house. It's, it's alive. Here, Looney. Have you seen this energy bill? Ah, this house is robbing us blind. If your house is an energy thief, TVA and your local power company would like to help make your home more efficient and lower your bills. To learn more, visit energyrights.com. We're CEMC. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. Welcome back, Sumner County. You're listening to the Royal Opposition with your host, Dan Passanti, here on WPKR. 41 degrees and mostly cloudy in Portland, low of 23 tonight. 
there and having a hard time talking to Charmaine's pointing her camera at me and I, and I feel a little self-conscious. <laughs> We're going to move on anyway, though. <laughs> um, Deanne Witt is our, our guest tonight and uh, I have known Deanne for, I guess, going on five years now. At, at least, least four and a half. At least four and a half years. Uh, we we ran into each other on the campaign trail several times as we were running for the same county commission office, and you know so you know she kicked my ass and so now I'm doing radio. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but um, Deanne's a great person and and did a good job during her term, her one term as a county commissioner. And so, in your uh, opinion, in my opinion, right? Of course. Well, this is my show. So yeah, this great. Is my, my great. Opinion. Just check. Just mm-hmm. making sure. <laughs> Uh, and I, in the opinion of, you know, hundreds of other people who voted for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Deanne. Thanks for great, having me, Len. Th- great. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, as, you, as everyone who's listening knows, you know, I always start off with the basic tell us about yourself question. So, <laughs> you know, what strange trip did you take that uh, ended up with running for the county commission and then running for the state legislature and then sitting in this chair today? What's your story? You know, that's a, you asked me the. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) The the fortune I have had is that our family found our way to Middle Tennessee a little more than, well, it's almost 11 years ago now. And um, I've been very blessed to spend the last 11 years working to whatever way I could find to help improve our community and just contributing in ways that, um, am I too close to? You want to make, there you go. There you will go. this be better? That's better. Yes. Well, then I can't look at you. Okay, now I'm going to look at you from this side. We're going to move around. So in any case, um, yeah, I have. I've had a, a really great existence in Tennessee, and I have fallen in love with this, uh, this state and our community. Gallatin um, is, is very deep in my heart, and I, as I meet people, uh, they regularly would recognize me as somebody who's been here forever, and that's how I feel. You know, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great experience raising our family. In, in Middle Tennessee. So uh, I have done a lot of community development work. I've worked on a lot of nonprofits. I've done a lot of fundraising and uh, networking and r- using my resources to connect people. It has been a joy. And Sumner, working um, as a commissioner, was really a, an extension of all that community service. Um, you know, I, don't, I think elected office is community service at its root, and, and that's the part that attracted me to it. And it was a great learning experience. Um, the county commission was, and and then of course running for state representative was an even bigger learning experience. Exactly, a bigger stage, isn't it? Uh, one of the many community groups you have worked with um, includes a group called the Preservation Foundation of Sumner County. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about that one in particular? Thank you for asking. We we formed the Preservation Foundation uh, in 2020. Uh, it was inspired because of this um, slightly political topic that we'll probably talk about a little bit, the, the Comer Barn down in Gallatin. It's right at the, you know, it's it's at a really interesting intersection. If you're, if you're coming from Nashville into Sumner County, there's a good chance you're going to get off Vietnam veterans right where Hendersonville and Gallatin meet. And right at that juncture, you have this beautiful green space with this old historic stone barn. And... Um, that barn was the inspiration. It needed a solution and needed some folks to spend some hard time, some hard time. <laughs> it was hard time. It, it, was, was it, it wasn't time. behind bars, but we spent some, 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 put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into trying to find a good solution for that barn and that property. Um, and so that was the, that was the inspiration for putting together the foundation. But the mission for the Preservation Foundation is to, is to find ways to help preserve the identity of our county. And, and that piece of property is a great example of something that you see that I think reflects the identity of our county. We're, we're a little bit of everything, right? We have, we have a lot of different things going for us in Sumner County, but having those roots, the, the, the agricultural roots, the, the, the horse history is, um, you know, Sumner County was, was the epicenter of our nation's thoroughbred and racing horse history if you go back into the 1800s. Right. Yeah. So there was a, a track not too far away from where Vol State stands today. Right, so, yeah. the steeplechase, and so... In any case, that's um, the, the foundation is there, and you know we we were inspired by the barn. We worked on the barn uh, project. We're going to keep working on other projects. We just had our second annual uh, big music and fall festival on the property on there the at property the barn. Of the barn right? Yeah, 
great music lineup and um, great that was event. Part of the vision for the barn, by the foundation, right, to have a, a space for community events. Absolutely, as, and you as know, well as, and and of course, there's the education element. What was that? Right. Was that? Well, you know, I guess I'll catch up on history there a little bit too. For those that aren't familiar, a couple of years ago, it, it, there was no solution. There was no answer. There was just this barn that was owned by the county, and a lot of arguing about what it could or should be. And um, over about a year's time, we started bringing together a lot of. Uh, visionaries and developers and uh, architects and engineers and people that saw Sumner County for its potential and we started dreaming about the possibilities and out of that conversation and out of the complexity of the situation I think this is where the barn gets really lost and people tend to lose track of what's going on it's it's a really complex relationship because you have a quarry that owns all the property under it around it um, and you know, they are trying to, as they will always say, try to make big rocks into little rocks. And so preserving an old historic stone barn is not their, is not their priority. But, um, you know, trying to find a solution that worked with the quarry and then worked for the community, um, that's where the Ag and STEM Learning Center concept came from. Um, it, was, it was a unique solution for a unique relationship and a unique piece of property. Um, but as you were saying already, Len, the part that made me most happy with that solution is that that allowed that space to continue to be used by the community. Um, so it might be a school's property, but I or others could always use that space for community events, artisan markets, car shows, uh, you know, dream of all the possibilities. So, so then this sounds fantastic. I mean, it's an <laughs> opportunity for our students in Sumner County. Uh, it's an opportunity for historic preservation. It's an opportunity for green space. It's an opportunity for community space. Uh, and I understand there was some grant money involved, so we didn't even have to even pay for it all. There was there was a, a there was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar grant from the state um, that was really that was the the first piece of the puzzle. And when that right. grant money came to the county, with the expectation the county would match that funding. Um, Yes, that was seed money. Then um, we bu built a solution around that. With an also, um, you know, we're, we've been continuing to meet with a lot of partners that would be involved in that Ag STEM Learning Center. So there's a lot more to make it work and really pull it all together and bring all the funding together. And so it was not a, a, a Sumner County only um, on the hook for this. There were a lot right. of partners that are were ready to, to to be involved. So as you said, Sumner County is on the hook. Um, at least that's what the current commission thinks. On Monday night, they voted to return the grant money. Um, so, yep. I, you know, that, that's the record. I mean, that's what they decided to do. But what's, what's, what's their rationale, do you think? Why, did, why would they do that? I mean, it's already a done deal. We own the property. We've got the grant money. We've got the plan. We've got a foundation that's willing to ride herd over all this and, you know, right. and manage it, right? Right. Um, but yet they, they decided they changed their minds. They changed their minds. They voted yes last year, and now they're voting no this year. So what happened? Well, what do you think the <laughs> they They didn't vote yes last year and vote no this week. It is a very different group and different, different composition, people, of course. right, with a different vision for this county. And, um, you know, part of the reason you and I have gotten along for so well for four and a half years is because I like to listen and I like to hear other points of view. And I assume that there's a point of view there that I just – I just can't grasp. Okay, <laughs> I don't. Fair. I really don't know what the the uh, the point of view is that's driving this um, negativity and this you know complete rejection of what I think was a great plan. But um, but it has been a polarizing topic for as long as as it's been involved or as long as it's yes. been you know part of the county. It's got a lot of coverage. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely. sure has. But here's the thing. You know, even when I heard folks last night. No, not last night, but Monday, Monday night. night. When folks were there, citizen comment, um, you know, some say, oh, it's just a dilapidated old barn. But most anyone who has actually taken time to look at it, and, and those who are even opposed to the project at hand, they can't help but say it is a beautiful old barn, and it is something that is precious in its... It's an amazing its, structure. Um, yeah. A local photographer shot some great photos of it that I, I've seen, and it was uh, inside is... Uh, it's remarkable architecture. Really. Yeah, Beautiful. it is. It's, um, you know, when you look at it from the outside, especially if you do pay attention, it's the, the roof has gotten in con con continuously worsening condition. And so it looks really bad from the outside. Um, but uh, it is a really solid post and beam construction. That barn is not going to fall it's in anytime soon. Right. But right. it is also a stone veneer. So you see the stone 
that stone veneer is built, um, you know, around the, the, the wood construction. And so, you know, therein creates the uniqueness of the property. And um, it's just, yes, it's, it's not going anywhere. It needs a solution. And um, I will keep working as hard as I can to, to find uh, a solution that is more agreeable and, and doesn't, uh, doesn't require a vote of the current county commission. Hey, so, uh, but as of today, the county still owns the building. Yes. As of right this minute, right this probably, minute, but I know that they've been working. I, I shouldn't say I know, but I, I assume that there's a process right now to quick claim deed it back to the, the, the quarry. Back to the quarry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, looks like Charmaine's motioning as if we need to take a break. And I guess we will. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with uh, more with Deanne DeWitt. Thank you for listening to The Loyal Opposition. This is WQKR. At the Farmers Bank, we want to be your bank for life. We work hard to bring you the products and services that will meet your financial needs no matter where life may take you. Whether you're saving for college, ready for retirement, getting ready to marry, or celebrating your golden anniversary, we're here for you. Visit us online at thefarmersbank.net or at any of our 11 area locations to learn more about how the Farmers Bank can be your bank for life. The Farmers Bank, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cash is king at the Mint Gaming Hall this month. You need cash, and we have it. Play with your Mint Rewards card to earn entries every day. Then join us for your chance to win up to $10,000 cash on Fridays at Kentucky Downs and Saturdays at Bowling Green. You know cash is king, and we aren't messing around on the weekends at the Mint Gaming Hall. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. Cash is king, baby. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winning just got closer. If you were about to have your last McRib ever, you'd want some warning. So this is your notice to enjoy the sauciest McDonald's sandwich more than ever. Because the McRib Farewell Tour has begun. This is your chance to say two final goodbyes to a classic. For a limited time, enjoy two McRib sandwiches for only $6. Hurry before they're gone. At participating McDonald's, McD app download and registration required. ba 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 Now you can join Planet Fitness and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment, $24.99 a month, and get all the perks. I love perks. Do you love having access to 2,000-plus locations? Yes. Bringing a friend every time? Hashtag friend goals. And recovering with massage chairs? Who doesn't? Get the PF Black Card and feel spectacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. See Club for details. Still going strong, Steve Austin Music has been a leading provider of instruments and lessons since 1999. They also offer repairs, parts, books, and DVDs at 115 Main Street in Portland. This is Steve. It's exciting to see new items coming in almost every day. Check out our new and used stringed instruments, effect pedals, drums, keyboards, pianos, and band instruments, plus reeds, straps, audio gear, and accessories. Steve teaches guitar, banjo, fiddle, harmonica, bass, drums, dulcimer, mandolin, auto harp, recorder, and voice. He performs monthly at Ellis Taco Mexican Restaurant, 121 Main Street in Portland. Stop and see me at 115 Main Street or call 615-323-0701. Steve Austin Music, a Portland, Tennessee tradition since 1999. County. I'm Lena Santi. This is the loyal opposition here on WQKR. We were talking over the break about uh, what question I'm going to ask next, and my answer was, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long list of them, uh, but uh, one of the things that caught my attention this week is that, uh, you know, for those those listeners, though my regular listeners know I've talked about the 
two different factions of the Republican Party in Sumner County these days. We have uh, what are called the common sense conservatives, and then we have what are called the constitutional conservatives. Um, and uh, the two um, disagree sometimes on some of the issues. Uh, the constitutional conservatives now have their own webpage, uh, and on their website, uh, they have what they call the Wall of Tyrants, uh, which is a, a list of people that they consider tyrants. They are all Republicans, as far as I can tell. And as far as I know, they're all Republicans. Uh, and they um, uh, are all um, lambasted for doing various, quote-unquote, tyrannical things. So, uh, Do you know anybody uh, that personally that's, that's on that on wall? The, yeah. Sure, Anthony Holt's on the wall. You're on the <laughs> I'm wall. Kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. <laughs> you're on... <laughs> Dan DeWitt is on that wall. I am. I. Um, and uh, uh, so what I've decided that we're going to have to do with the loyal opposition is we're going to have to create a loyal opposition hall of heroes. And the hall of heroes on our webpage will list uh, all those people who we think are doing good in Sumner County. And there might be some overlap between those two lists. You never know. Uh, but I do think the uh, Preservation Foundation of Sumner County is going to be on the hall of heroes. Thank list you. Too. That and would be great. It's, uh, it's a good, it's a it's a good organization doing a good deed. You know, and, and a lot of the, you know, it's interesting to me, a lot of the constitutional conservatives taught are very sort of anti-growth preservation of green space, maintaining the character of Sumner County, as they like to say. It seems to me that that's what your organization does. <laughs> I mean, that's the mission of your organization, isn't it? Right, it is. But, it is. We might have a different definition, and we might have different... Um, ways of excluding what project fits their, their definition versus our definition. So um, always open to disagreement, but it is, yeah, it is a, kind of an odd uh, conundrum where a group that I think does value that character and, and mm -hmm. what I might call identity, maybe they call it character, but it's, a, I think we value the same thing. It's just how you go about doing it. And yes, I suppose they would argue that there's absolutely no role for government in such an endeavor. Right, right. Yep. Uh, where others would argue that there is a role for government to play in a public-private partnership kind of way. Okay. Uh, you know, when you are trying to be the best of whatever it is, if it's a business or it's a county or a government, investment is part of that solution. You, you exactly. need to make strategic investments to, exactly. to provide the services, to provide the amenities, to um, create a future that's better and different for your your organization, whatever it is. And we can do that while maintaining the character of the past. They're, these are not incompatible goals. Right. They just require some planning and forethought uh, and often the intervention of many different organizations that are bringing ideas to the table, right? Right, yeah. Such as the foundation and such as various governments. Uh, you know, because this, this might be a Sumner County project, but obviously would have a dramatic impact on all the individual towns and cities in Sumner County because it would be a draw for education and it would be a, a community service, especially to people who live in Hendersonville and Gallatin because the Comer Barn's kind of like literally right on the border. Right. So uh, it would be a valuable thing. It would be a valuable thing. Someday well, it will. Someday it will be. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about the difference between the common sense conservatives and the constitutional conservatives. And, and you know, I guess I should... I should point out that I believe um, Deanne, can, I consider her a common sense conservative. Uh, so I wanted to get your take on what are the differences between the two groups. I mean, they're both Republicans, right? They both right. have R's after their name. But in some ways, they are significantly different. And I was wondering if you could kind of lay that out a little bit for us. Uh, well, it is a, a little bit of a mystery. Um, I do think there's some philosophical um, fiscal policy areas where there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of similarities. Um, what, I think, what I think at the core is different is, is really a, a, an approach. How do you go about getting things done? Um, or again, that investment, right? What are you right. willing to invest in to get things done? Um, I think it's unfortunate, you know, I, things should stay in the family. And I was just talking with a friend about this last night who uh, said, you know, sometimes you, you, we've got battles, right? Maybe in your own household, your brothers and sisters, and we, we have those battles. But it's, it's best to keep that behind closed doors and behind, you know. Um, well, they have done quite the opposite. <laughs> they have their own website. They have their own Facebook page. They have monthly breakfasts. They, uh, well, they are... 
very much out. I mean, their their mission is laid out on their website for right. everyone to see. Right. So it is. It's it's been. It's become a very public. Um, a public entity that has um, opposition to others that um, that carry the same philosophies and and fiscal policies and like I said, you know, we're, I think we really have um, so much that is in common. It's just a matter of um, of that that well, heart think, for the I, future. So I think that's a sort of a metaphor for the whole nation at this point. I think if we focus yeah. more on all the ninety nine percent of things that we all have in common as Americans and paid a little less attention to the few things that differentiate us, maybe we'd get along better. Right. right? And just have that dialogue. Um, you know, that's, that's where I think, um, you know, what I th- see as my strength is, is building solutions by figuring out what is, is best for everyone involved and how do you come to the common ground that makes the most sense ground, exactly. to move forward. Yeah, you're um, a consensus builder. Yeah. A coalition and I, builder. I, a network builder. I, I, <laughs> I think those are all good things, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Absolutely. I think yeah. in some cases I might they might have been dirty words when I was running for state office and <laughs> some of the expectations of of a Republican candidate um don't necessarily reflect some of some of those phrases we were just using, but that's what I'm going to stick to because in the end I think that's what gets things done and that's what's best for yeah, and you um, have to be who you are. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you have to be authentic. Oh, you know it is funny that um I was always labeled as pretty book smart, but lacking some common sense. So it's funny when you ask me which group do I end up in. I think I figured out common sense. I've, I've, I'm older and wiser, and common sense is kind of part of part of my deal now too. But it's funny if my mom was listening right now, she'd say, "Well, that Deanne, she doesn't have a whole lot of common sense." You know, uh, I'm a very heart forward. Years and perhaps yes. spending the last eleven plus years here in ten- Tennessee gave you a little common sense. Yeah, huh? it did. I yeah. think so. Okay. It's all about perspective. So. All right, so there, um, so maybe the differences are magnified by what is happening in the county in terms of politics of various groups, right? Right. Uh, the uh, the concern I have, uh, well, I have lots of concerns, otherwise I wouldn't be doing a radio show. But one of the concerns I have is that they seem like I was talking to a, a Republican elected official in Sumner County who. Has, who has recently won re-election. And, and I asked her about, about this particular issue, and, and she said, uh, and, you know, she's a, I, I guess she would, she would call herself a common-sense Republican, and she said, she said, it's just like, she said, you know, I know those people are, she said, they're so mean. She said, I almost prefer hanging out with Democrats because you guys are more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that made me think because it seems like, and, and I don't know if this is a media portrayal or is this just my rose-colored glasses, but it seems like there's some anger there. It seems like there's some meanness there. On their website, they talk about being very Jesus-centered, very, you know, uh, God comes first, and everything they do comes from God. But some of their attacks are quite personal. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've heard reports of, of people at the Republican breakfast who were Republicans who kind of felt unwelcome there because... Some of these folks were kind of up in their faces. Uh, that doesn't seem very good yeah. Christiany to me. Yeah. <laughs> so am, am I? Am I? Am I? Am I off base here? I mean, is that? But it, it, they just seem a little, little angrier than the average person. You know, I think that that is underneath the the the, the struggles that we have to get along. Whether it's this we're talking about, or like you said earlier, national national politics and a lot of issues, um, fear and um, just this this sense that maybe they can't control what they want to control or whoever they are, right? I, I think fear is, is, is creating a lot of the angst. And, and that's, um, how do you solve that, right? I mean, we have, we, have, we have a lot of mental health issues in this world. And, we do. and, and behind we do. a lot and, of that is... it's gotten worse over the past few years. I mean, right. it's been a stressful time in our country uh, for a bunch of different reasons, the pandemic not the least among them, right? Right. And, and as a result, I think we're a little bit more frazzled around the edges, a lot of us are. Uh, and, you know, and that's part of my, you know, when I, when I pitched the idea of this show or when the idea of this show was pitched to me, actually, is a more accurate way of putting it, you know, I was, I was anticipating a big fire and brimstone kind of thing where I would get angry at everything the Republicans are doing. <laughs> and that's the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, right? But the rest of the show... 
I want it to be all now. I want it to be all about good government, right? and um, I don't think good government comes from the extremes of either side. It comes it comes from the middle because there are only there's probably only one good way to pave a street or fund a school or build a community center. Right. Right. Uh, these shouldn't be political issues, uh, which is why I was opposed to the school board races becoming partisan. I mean, you know, education should be one thing that we can all agree on. Oh, my God, education is so important. It is the most important thing that local government does, I would argue, by far. Uh, because an educated, an educated citizenry is just so much better in so many ways for our lifestyle, our system of government, our yeah. everything. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our capitalist system, right? Educated people make more money, and that improves the economy. So, yeah. So yeah, some anger there, and uh, gosh, you know, I, uh, you know, anger and fear often go together, and you know, we're living in a very vastly changing world. So I guess I can understand some of that, but it, it does make it harder to get things done and to like people, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> well, right. It it when there's that fundamental fear and distrust um, of whatever the establishment or the um, the distrust of, of decisions that have um, that haven't been under your control. Um, I think you know one of the things that we, you commented on earlier. The county commission meeting was four hours and forty five minutes, and and they're gonna I think continue to get longer. You're gonna see that with not yes. just the full commission meeting, but their committee the meetings. Committee meetings too, right? And you know I love asking questions. In fact, if if you ever had me on a board and I'm sitting there around the table once a month, I'm going to ask way too many questions. You're going to say, okay, forget this. <laughs> She's trying to get to the bottom of a lot of things. And I want to understand if I'm going to be effective, I feel like I need to understand a lot. So you do, you, I, I understand the desire to ask questions, but, um, there has been, I think it's created a very unworkable situation because the information that is being requested on things that should are very much standard business, um, county go government business. There's a lot of, there's a lot of transactions on a day-to-day -day basis when you're, when you're looking at mm. a county or a school system or sure. whatever. Um, and if you question every move of everything that's being done, you can't possibly govern. You can't take care of the big things when you're caught down in this quagmire of the details. And, and that, I think that distrust is creating the questions that's now creating this um, information overload and it's getting items deferred from one month to the next. And so these, you know, I think the last budget agenda was 313 pages and that's, that's, that's a bit much to ask a committee or oh any gosh. member of you know the community that wants to partake. Right. And can you make can after four hours and forty minutes of yelling and screaming, can you make a informed, educated, well-reasoned decision, or are you just too tired and worn out? Yeah. You just want to go home and say anything just to get out of there, right? And then I imagine that kind of kicks in with a lot of people at some point. Yeah, know? yeah, I saw that happen a couple times in my term on the commission where things just, it got too late and we, and... Had to go home. Uh, yeah, that, that motion to defer or refer or table a discussion yes. is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good answer in a lot of cases, but um, it happens, right? So... Um, it, it does, so we need to be a little bit more efficient in our government administration. Sure. Yeah. And maybe the new commission if we want to be positive about it, maybe as they grow into the job, that might happen, right? They might get a hang of it, so to speak. Right. right. Um, a little breaking news came in just as we were talking. Uh, some, some good news for you guys on the, on the right side of the aisle. Uh, the Republicans just picked up the 218th seat in the House of Representatives, so you've got the majority in the... You've yeah. got the majority in Congress now, uh, so it's going to be a divided government. We'll have a very narrow Republican majority in the state, uh, in the state house, in Congress, and a very slim Democrat majority uh, in the U.S. Senate. That'll either be 51-49 or 50-50, with a tiebreaker going to the Dems, depending on what happens in the uh, yeah. runoff election in, uh, in next month in Georgia. Okay, uh, we're going to take our last break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a uh, final question for Deanne DeWitt, and we're going to wrap up and, and see where we're going next. So this is The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. How many financial advisors does it take to ruin what could have been a perfectly secure retirement? 
just one. With today's market turmoils, it's never been more important to make sure that your investment strategies are aligned with your retirement objectives. That's why you should always seek a second opinion with an experienced financial advisor, a fiduciary who's obligated to work with your best interest so that you're absolutely certain the tools and strategies that you're using are in harmony with your retirement objectives. Call investment advisor representatives Nathan Cox and Lindsey Cotter of Retirement Income Solutions at 833-299-1416. That's 833-299-1416. It's never been more important to make sure that your investment strategies are aligned with your retirement objectives. That's 833-299-1416. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports, every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR, broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. DT McCall is your neighborhood mattress superstore at 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette and online at dtmccalls.com. Queenset started only $499.99 at DT McCall for beautiful Amish handcrafted beds and many national brands too. Dr. J's Spinal Series Queen Size Bed started just $15.99.99 and 12 months 0% interest is available. Some restrictions apply. Also this month at D.T. McCall, high-quality, good-looking LG washers and dryers are on sale, starting at just $649.99 each. Frigidaire and Samsung refrigerators, freezers, and ranges are all on sale, too, with big savings and mail-in rebates. Friendly hometown service, great savings in every department, convenient financing, and free delivery within 125 miles of Carthage. Shop where we shop at WQKR. D.T. McCall, 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. In Portland, your auto parts headquarters is Napa, locally owned and operated and conveniently located at 419 North Broadway. Napa specials this month include Napa Full Synthetic and Full Synthetic High Mile Motor Oil, 5 gallons for $22.49 or $4.99 a quart. Craftsman 51-piece gunmetal chrome mechanics tool set. Save $30, now just $59.99. Plus many other great August specials. Friendly hometown service. People who know and want to help. That's Napa Know-How. 419 North Broadway in Portland. Welcome back, Portland. This is Lena Santa, your host of the Loyal Opposition. It is 5.53 p.m. We're almost done with another hour, folks. It is 40 degrees out, low tonight of 23. We are speaking with our guest, Deanne DeWitt. And uh, Deanne, uh, what's next for the uh, Preservation Society of Sumner County? Uh, obviously, the Comer Barn issue is kind of up in the air, but you guys have got other things going on. So what's next? Uh, well, there's been a couple other preservation-related projects we've been dabbling with and, and trying to provide counsel and, and, and help connect resources. One is out at Bledsoe Fort. Um, there's a Hunley cabin out there. It's a beautiful log cabin. It needs some work, and so we've, you know, we've tried to get some folks involved in, in fundraising for that. And now there's also the Hancock House. Um, yeah, the Hancock which, House. What's the pot? It looks like they are in the process of tearing it down, so it didn't look like it would make it. Huh? N not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, unfortunately, that was news that was, you know, kind of got out there wrong last okay. week and, and really okay. scared some folks. But it is coming closer. Um, it burned last August. It's been more than a year. It's been a year and a couple months already. And it it is a... You know, it's been condemned for good cause. Yeah, um, yeah, most yeah. of it is burned. But what you see standing from the road, um, you know, the southern exposure, the eastern exposure, there's a lot of beautiful and um, very valuable old logs that we would love to see reused in some capacity. Oh, so okay. um, 
there's an effort. Rogers Group owns that property. They had given life estate to uh, the Hancocks, mm-hmm. which is tragic, of course, given the outcome and, and what's going on now. But nevertheless, uh, you know, they knew that they know that those logs are, are precious, and so there's an effort to try and find a way to carefully remove them and and save them for reuse on on some property to be determined. So that's been right. going on. But we're also going to have a spring event. Um, we're planning for something like a fireside chat where we bring together some of our local historians, celebrate. Sumner County history. Um, we'll be able to announce the winner of our first essay competition. So we, um, one of the beneficiaries of our um, fall event is creating an essay competition for high school seniors. And right. so we've got an essay prompt out there. It's sumnerpreservation.org, by the way, is our website, sumnerpreservation.org. Um, so, you know, pass that along. And certainly if you know any high school seniors, we'd love to get some more applicants in our pool for that. Absolutely, folks. Definitely do that. And we will put it up on our website as well to help out. Great. Um, all right, so as we come to the end of the show, one more question for you. Who do you think should be a, a guest on my show? Someone who hasn't been a guest on my show yet. Who do you think I should invite? I'll, I'll do it. I'll invite anybody. You'll invite anybody. Sure. Um, Shoot, I invited you, didn't I? I, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, you know, there's some really cool people out there. Um, I've got Deborah Maggart coming in a couple weeks. Oh, that's great. So. She has such wisdom, and she has seen a lot in this state over the years. Um, I'll tell you, my favorite person... You know what she used to call me? Oh, gosh, no. She used to call me her favorite Democrat. Oh. I know she was lying, but it was nice to hear anyway. (laughs) Well, who do you think her favorite Democrat was if it wasn't you? Well, every time she met a Democrat, she'd say, oh, he's my favorite Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) She can't be nice to too many of them, so they all have to be the favorite. (laughs) Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but, I mean, you could invite William Lamberth. We, we, his name's come up already a couple times. He, William's name comes up a lot, yes. Uh, that, yes. That could... You know, we have tr- – um, we, the, the we being not this we, but the <laughs> Sumner County Democratic Party a couple of years ago invited Senator Hale to a meeting, and he came. And he did – you know, he spoke, and he did a Q&A and all that. And uh, um, we've been trying to get uh, William Lambert to do it, but <laughs> – he won't. He hasn't shown up yet. Well, he he's got a busy schedule. We'll not assume too much. I'll tell you, the, my favorite person in Sumner County to listen to is Bill Pereer. Um, oh, yeah. You know that name? Yes, absolutely. Bill, sure. he's uh, 88. Or did he just turn? Uh, he just turned 89. I spent more than my share of money with his company over the years. With Pereer Noonan, the CPAs, or the Pereer uh, farms, farms? Farms. Right. Okay. So, yeah, Bill's had his hand in a lot of things over the years. And funny little fact, both Bill and I started our career working for Price Waterhouse. So really? He was a CPA, and I was part of the consulting practice for IBM out of, out of college. So um, we have a lot of stories in common. You know, this whole barn we talked about, it's because of him that I got so involved. Um, he certainly gave me the charge to try and go figure out a solution and encouraged me that, uh, that I might be able to do that. So I would talk to him all day long. But here's a real realistic person. I think Sarah Andrews would be great to have on your show. Sarah Andrews. Okay. Why do you think that? Sarah, school board member for right. Sumner County, and... Uh, just incredibly articulate about Uh things that are going on um, in our county. And as you said, um, I think education is the most important thing that government does. We have to always be thinking about how do we do the best by our students and our our next generation. And um, I think Sarah has a heart for that, and she's, she's incredibly articulate and has great perspective on how things continue to evolve in our county. So I asked Tammy Hayes to be on the show, and this was right after the last meeting with the first um, vote and uh and she was just like <laughs> she i think she was kind of on the point of almost resigning she was just so fed up with everything that she's like give me time to cool down first that's yeah. that's fine Plenty she would be Wednesday great nights. in fact you know what tammy and jonathan too the, the two of them as a pair are uh, a great yes, I've, I've interacted with the two of them as a pair on several occasions and Various campaign events in Hendersonville. Okay. And yeah, they're, they are quite the pair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I, we've, done, we've done two guests at once before. We can do that. All right. All right. Some, some good advice. Thanks. Okay, folks. It looks like we are coming to the end of another hour of the Loyal Opposition. I want to thank Deanne DeWitt, our guest today. I want to thank the staff at WQKR, including my producer, Charmaine. Uh, and I want to thank all the supporters of the show, uh, specifically uh, Amanda Gentry and uh, all those who have donated to the cause, including uh, Megan Lang's consulting company for, uh, pub- for web development 
uh, and everyone who's helped. Now, I know I'm forgetting people, and I'm going to remember as soon as we go off the air, but I will definitely get you, get you mentioned on the air at some point. Okay, remember, folks, we are now on Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to the show. Uh, and the website has all of our old episodes and a whole lot more. And that's uh, 